Hey, this is Mark. And this is Jay. We just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of NerdCage Live. And be sure to tune in to our live show on YouTube every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The computer which controlled the machines, Skynet, sent two Terminators back through time. Their mission, to destroy the leader of the human resistance, John Connor, my son. The first Terminator was programmed to strike at me in the year 1984, before John was born. It failed. The second was set to strike at John himself when he was still a child. As before, the Resistance was able to send a lone warrior, a protector for John. It was just a question of which one of them would reach him first. Hello and welcome. That's right. You're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us tonight. Please hit that like button and subscribe. I'm your co-host, Jay St. G, coming to live from Syracuse, New York. And always with me, the warrior from Wakanda, the fiend from Louisville, my man, Mark Withers, what's shaking? What's going on, man? Super excited to be here as usual, and yes. Tonight's episode is gonna focus on the 30th anniversary of what I would consider to be one of James Cameron's best films, easily one of the best sci-fi action movies of the late 20th century, and of course, I'm talking about Terminator 2. Now, Jay, you and I both re-watched this movie over the weekend. I feel the exact same way that I did the very first time that I saw it. I got just as much excitement out of it as I did that first time. But I want to know from you, how did you feel about it 30 years later? This is easily Schwarzenegger's best movie. It's the best action film of all time. It's probably James Cameron's best movie. And on top of that, this laid the foundation for modern CGI because the movies that followed, like Jurassic Park and so on and so forth, ripped the page right out of Terminator 2 Judgment Day. No matter what movie James Cameron is doing, he always finds a way to raise the bar, always finds new methods of filming with his brand new special effects or fantastic set pieces. He always just raises the bar. And this is a prime example. I agree. As a matter of fact, the original plan for Terminator 2 was to go into development immediately after the success of the first Terminator movie. But Cameron was so committed to it being up to par in terms of the special effects that he decided to wait until that technology existed. Yeah, not to mention, so I actually spent the weekend watching Terminator 1 and 2 back to back. For the record, I was in second grade when I first saw the first Terminator movie and it terrified me. This unstoppable machine coming to kill you. It's just terrifying to think about. And then in the second one, they flip the script. He gets reprogrammed as the protector this time against a really good villain, which I'll get to in just a moment. But it was cool seeing him as the good guy. On top of that, 1984's movie was groundbreaking. It's just awesome, seven years later, the difference in special effects, not just the CGI, but even like the practical makeup effects on like Arnold's face, when the skeleton's exposed, some of the action scenes and some of the gore was just that much better from Terminator 1 to Terminator 2. It's amazing. Not only that, but we get some amazing performances, not just from Arnold, but also from Linda Hamilton, from Robert Patrick, from Joe Morton, and even a very young Edward Furlong. 
Cameron really did a great job here in casting, and that just elevated this movie that much more. I'm glad you mentioned Robert Patrick. Recently, The Hollywood Reporter did an interview with him, and he went on set to look back at some of the scenes that they did in Terminator 2. Back me up on this. Typically in his earlier films, especially like Commando, every time Arnold Schwarzenegger goes against his opposition, his villain, it's always a guy that's smaller than him, and it always felt underwhelming. This movie is a rare exception. Robert Patrick is easily not even half Arnold's size, but he sells it. The T-1000 is scary, and he sold it. And one of the things that Robert Patrick talked about was, and in some of the scenes where you see the two of them like battle each other and throwing each other through the walls and stuff, Arnold really wants to pick up Robert Patrick and just slam him, throw him around like a rag doll. He wanted to. James Cameron said no, because the T-1000's liquid metal. He's heavier. So Arnold had to make it look like he was really struggling to fight this guy, even though he's a lot smaller than him. Credit to Arnold as an actor. He made the smaller man look like and feel like the bigger man and the scarier man. Right. And add to that Robert Patrick's commitment to the role. I mean, in preparation for this, I believe that he worked out for something like 13 weeks and just went on a very rigorous running schedule so that he would have the stamina required to look like when he ran after vehicles, that it looked real, that it looked like he was doing it with minimal effort. And when he had fight scenes with Arnold, he wanted those to look as though it took no effort to do the things that he was doing. Yeah, also, he actually looked like a cyborg when he ran. And of course, special shout out, he is the older brother of Richard Patrick, the singer of Filter and one of the founding members of Nine Inch Nails. Hey man, nice shot. <laughs> and of course, another great performance from Joe Morton. Talk about a terrific science fiction actor because I feel like between this and of course his role as Silas Stone in the Snyder Cut, he just knows how to act in like a sci-fi setting and it's just, he was fantastic. And there's also a shout out I want to throw out there. If you're a Breaking Bad fan, Dean Norris, the actor who plays Hank in Breaking Bad, is the SWAT team leader. One of my favorite scenes where Miles Dice is like, I don't know how much longer I can hold this. And then that SWAT team guy is like, pull back, pull back. That's Dean Norris, that's Hank. <laughs> right on, that's awesome. So Jay, what are some of your favorite moments in the movie? I really like the scene where they break Linda Hamilton, well, Sarah Connor out of the mental institute and the T-1000 walks through the bars and then the psychiatrist, keep in mind, in the first movie, he mocked Linda Hamilton and Michael Bean. In this movie, he continued that and was like, oh yeah, you're crazy. The Terminators don't exist. The fact that he, <laughs> he saw the T-1000 walk through those bars and he just, it was just shocked. Oh God, I feel like that was probably my favorite part of the movie. And of course, Asa La Vista, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Always holds up. What are some of your favorite scenes? Well, I was lucky enough to be a part of like an early screener when this was first coming out. During that time, there really wasn't a whole lot of press about what the movie was going to be about. All we knew was that Arnold was gonna be playing the Terminator again, and this was sort of bigger and badder, and that's what we expected. So my favorite moment is when he's in the mall and John Connor is being chased by the T-1000, he turns the corner and there's Arnold's Terminator. And you think that he's done for, he's got Terminators on both sides and you hear, get down. And then you realize that 
this Terminator is sent to protect John. And that to me was one of the most epic moments. That and when they go to save Linda Hamilton's character and he says, come with me if you want to live, that most iconic line of all the Terminator <laughs> movies. <laughs> yes. And let's give Linda Hamilton some props here too, because just from the character development from the first movie, you know, the first movie she's the waitress. And then now she's the ultimate badass. She's ripped as hell. She's a warrior now. And I just love the fact that, yeah, you can kind of argue that Ripley was like the first major female action star, but Linda Hamilton took it to a whole other level. As far as like the badassery in the movie, she kept up with Arnold. And it was so cool seeing her in some of the action scenes, you know, with her toting the guns and everything else. Yeah, talk about commitment to a role. I mean, Prior to filming, she not only got on a vigorous workout schedule with weights and did a lot of that type of training, but she also studied martial arts and like got really heavy into judo and weapons training and wanted to really sell the character as somebody who's really been through it and has been preparing for this moment. And I think that her commitment to this particular role as Sarah Connor really opened the door to what we would consider like the modern female action hero. This is the best sequel of all time. I know we talked Superman 2, Empire Strikes Back, and Godfather 2, but to me, this is the best sequel of all time. That being said, I'm giving this movie a solid 9.5 out of 10 because this is the movie that captured my imagination as a kid. The first movie scared the bejesus out of me. This one captured my imagination. As a kid, I went out in the backyard with my friends, dressed up in a leather coat and sunglasses, a plastic shotgun, pretending to be Arnold. As an adult, I still go to the gym because I want to be like Arnold because of this movie, because of him. And I see his movies and it motivates me every time to be like Arnold. Right, now I would give this movie probably an 8.5 out of 10. Some of the dialogue and some of the scenes don't necessarily hold up against modern cinema the way that you would expect, but the action in it, a lot of the special effects, that great cast, it really can't be beat coming out in 1991. It really set the tone for action movies going forward. And I will say though, I highly recommend the director's cut because there are a couple great additional scenes one in particular, uh, there's a great cameo from Michael Bean in a dream. He's motivating Sarah Connor. Really, really powerful scene in my opinion. I don't know why they took that out. And another great scene is in the steel mill. They show more scenes of the T-1000 malfunctioning, which better explains why he approached them slowly because after he melted and put himself back together, he was corrupted and couldn't move like he could earlier on in the film. I wish they kept that in. The director's cut is on the Blu-ray. That's such a letdown because I would have loved to seen the director's cut in 4K. I'm a little bit angry of how the movie was packaged in the brand new 4K release. That being said, before we go, we ask you to please, please like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, and spread it like Skynet. So to you, I say, from Louisville to Syracuse and all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live, enjoy life, stay safe, hasta la vista. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! Ah! <laughs>
Ha 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 ha!